Guys, uh, I've got here as promised. Um, have him here. We're going to talk a lot of uh, precision rifle and, and probably get to a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So, Jacob, I appreciate you coming on. Man, I'm honored you'd have me. Yeah. So, what's I, a couple things I want to ask you right off the bat, simply because of what we're going through as a nation right now, dude. I mean, how how is this? You don't have to go into detail of your your thoughts because I'm sure they mirror mine. But how is this whole COVID-19 thing affecting Jacob Bynum and Rifles Only right now? Well, we had a full schedule of courses uh, listed. And as I was telling you earlier, this is the first week we're back at work. You know, we got a course going oh. right now. And so awesome. uh, we had to push everything back. A lot of people switched over to fall, you know, because they don't really know what's going on. So uh, with us, we just we were kind of sitting idle. Um, at rifles only. Now we were still doing the, we're still doing our retail stuff, selling the nylon out of the shop and sure. everything. Was something to do, but uh, it wasn't like we were just sitting here doing nothing. We do have a distillery on site, so that kept us busy. And oh, we're gonna get into that too. Yeah, well, it seems like people get upset and they want some booze, and they get happy and they want some booze, and so it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, I mean, look, it's always a good time for booze. I don't think that I have recorded a single podcast that I wasn't at least two or three beers in it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a drink. Courage, my friend. Yeah, well, it, I mean, even if I wasn't in the podcast, I'd probably be two or three beers deep in it anyway. But uh, the, um, I, you know, I wish I was a. I know tequila is your thing. That's no. that's. Uh, where'd you get that? Well, I mean, the Wild Horse Distillery, I mean, I know down there in Texas, it's got to be tequila. Yeah, so. but we're making rum. Oh, well, okay, great. All right, well, good, rum. I like rum. I'm yeah. a big rum guy. I'm a rum and gin guy. I was thinking, for some reason, tequila down there in Texas, near uh, near Mexico and everything. And like I said, I wish I liked tequila, but too many laps around the uh, tequila train at Carlos and Charlie's down in Cozumel ruined yeah. it for me. I, I can't even stand the smell of a margarita anymore. But rum... <laughs> Big fan. Talking about. Yeah, big fan of rum and gin. If as far as liquor goes, I'm mostly a beer drinker myself. So how you being a you are the legit godfather of long range precision rifle. No, uh, despite what other people may have said about somebody else in the industry, it is you and you, sir, are the king of Texas. If, well. Uh, Maybe, maybe Texas, but I don't know about that. I mean, we've been doing it a long time and everything else. You know, we've we've come up with a lot of innovation down here as far as training goes, because that's that's our that's our main gig. That's our passion. That's what we like to do. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a hell, heck of a lot of fun. And it's been a great ride. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. And it's been it's been awesome. Even though I've never been to your facility, we've never met before. I feel like I like what you have done either via virtually i have the rifles only dvds i bought them like three years ago um i've watched them multiple multiple times and you know you and along with people the likes of like frank uh the 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 fundamentals have proven that they can be applied in any shooting situation and maybe be applied differently given precarious situations you could be in, but the fundamentals are still there. And if you apply them, you will shoot to the best of your ability. It's when you start to to fudge on them is when, well, their shooter error is, is most time induced. And well, it's the, that the fundamentals, obviously you just stated it. I mean, that's the, that's the bread and butter of, of precision rifle shooting. 
And you can get to where you're pretty good if you're not a disciple of the fundamentals. But if you want to set up your shooting to where the sky is the limit on how good you can get, then it is a matter of applying the fundamentals under any situation. And it's right. just like a lot of people smarter than me said, there is no advanced class. There's a fundamentals class, and then there's the fundamentals faster. Right, yeah, and, and have to apply them. You know, it's yeah, – and what I, what I try to tell new shooters and stuff when I'm talking about the fundamentals and everything is – the fundamentals will get you through, but the fundamentals have to be like Frank calls them hammer forged to where they are. It's second nature. You're not even thinking about it. You it just it is as if when I'm driving a car and I'm uh, a car's in front of me and I apply the brake, I'm not thinking about, oh, I have to then pick up my foot, put it on the brake and start put applying pressure. I just put my foot on the brake and, and fucking stop the car. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's second nature and the fundamentals have to become that to where you can then use the the rest of your you know cognitive abilities for wind reading for you know everything else that comes along with the shot that you're about to take. Yeah, I look I put it like this and I, I ask this in my in my classes a lot and I'll ask the whole the whole group crew in there. I'll say, hey, what do you do better than you do anything else? And they come up with stuff. Maybe it has something to do with their job. Maybe it has something to do with uh, who knows. And I say, well, let me tell you what I do better than I do anything else. Pick my nose. That's what I do better than I do anything else. I've got, I mean, I tell them if I'm having a conversation with you and you see me kind of flicking on my finger in the time it took you to blink, I was in and out. <laughs> <laughs> like a ninja. <laughs> like a ninja. And that's the way the fundamentals have to be. It has to be something that you know, it's just innate. You know, it's something that is innate because you're right. You got a lot of other problems to solve. And you think about it. Think about the problems that, you know, a, a, a law enforcement officer would have to solve. They got a lot of things to think about. They don't need to be in thinking a split about second, in a split second. Military guys the same way. They need to be able to apply those without thinking. And the only way you're going to get there is by just dogged practice, you know, just going out and dry firing and dry firing and dry firing until, you know, now I've got, you know, I've got all these other things. It's like you know, the car analogy that you made. You know, if you're going across country or something like that, you're not thinking about driving the car. You're more thinking about the navigation. Hey, you know, what road do I need to take? You know, where's my exit? Things like that. But you're driving or the, the car. the people around you, the, your surroundings, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. A deer, a deer coming out. You know, I live in East North Carolina. We've got, I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting a damn white tail in the head. So it's this, yeah, yeah. I when I'm driving, for an example, like when I was in the Air Force, I was actually stationed 45 minutes from where I'm born and raised from, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but it worked out good. But I, I hated the town that the base was in. So I commuted from right. my hometown back and forth. Well, it's a backcountry road and there, at, at, at swing shift, I'd go in at, you know, 3 PM, get off at 3 AM. It was, it was literally the, the sides of the road at night were just like Christmas lights with, with, with eyeballs. So, and yeah, I'm not thinking about, how fast am I going? I put my cruise on and keep it moving. But I'm yep. thinking about my surroundings. I'm thinking about everything. Well, you as a shooter, especially in not so much in the uh, competition world, but in in you know our, our guys downrange and in our, our uh, law enforcement officers, they have to take all of those things into consideration. You don't want them thinking about sight picture or mm -hmm. natural point of aim. They, that yep. needs to be as 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 natural to them as it was. 
uh, it, as it is breathing. And you learn that from, like you said, the dry fire. I mean, I don't know if you can see back behind me. I have a barricade over there, and I mm-hmm. have the indoor dry fire training system. I fi- dry fire every day, multiple times a day, just when I come there, five minutes. Boom, 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 do it. And at, so just trying to... Uh, burn those fundamentals in into where I'm don't even realize I even applied them when I'm on the clock in competition. Yeah. So I agree with you. You you're the best from what I I mean I've never taken your class but what I have seen you are I mean the if not if one of the if not the best at Breaking something down to where anybody, like you said, the per, your stu- two students that you have that don't know anything, right? They can they can easily. Oh, I, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. It, you're, you you paint a picture that Ray Charles could see. So <laughs> it, and and that is a talent <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> don't know how well I take all this praise. Well. I know, you, and that's the thing. When we when we spoke, when we first initially spoke, uh, you know, on the internet via email, you know, you'd said something like, "Ah, oh, thanks, but I, I'm just a guy." And Damn. yeah, you're right. You're just a guy that has a a vast wealth of knowledge that, like, I I feel, I mean, grateful that that I have you on my podcast. So, uh, like, again, thank you. Um, so, Assassin's Way. Yes, sir. This is it is 100% unprecedented. You are treading. Where angels trod, meaning it has never been done. Uh, when people hear the buy-in, they're like their eyeballs go huge. But then when they also hear the prize, they get bigger. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty crazy. And uh, I mean, it's a gamble. I mean, which anything's a gamble, you know. Yeah. But this is definitely a gamble. But hey, get your shit straight, and you've got the possibility to walk home with a fat pocket. Yeah, a, a, an actual life changer, you know what I mean? That can put one of your kids through college. And then some. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, it really can. So uh, tell me where where did you first spawn the idea of putting on something so big that, A, is like I said, has never been done before, but B, is was going to be so, uh, I guess, taxing on, well, the guy putting it on, you. I mean, what, what, where, what brought you to that? And like, were you sitting there in down in Texas drinking a drink and be like, you know what, let's do some crazy shit like this. And, or was it something that gave you the idea? Where did, where did the assassins way? That's exactly how it happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like me doing this podcast. Fuck it. You know, the thing about it is, is, you know, we got, we have, we got shooters out there now. We got some really, really good shooters, you know, but in the in the art of riflery, or or just being um, a, a being a rifleman rather than a man with a rifle, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it, there's more to it. You know, there's more to it. There's land nav to it. You know, it, there's there's target detection. There's range estimation. There's things that there's the ability to be able to go like you get put in any environment on the planet and to be able to survive that. Not not survival skills in the Am I going to eat this lizard or is this yeah, not lizard? seer, not seer stuff, not no. seer stuff, but I'm talking about being able to go and perform a mission. Now, this mission is is very similar to someone who goes backpacking up in the Bob Marshall wilderness of Montana. You know, they go up yeah. there for 10 days. You got to go in on horseback because there's no motors allowed at the Bob Marshall wilderness. So and you're, you're not getting a half million dollars when you're done. 
No, no, but you're, you're <laughs> in there and, and rely on your own thing, your own map and compass. And if you're out there for 10 days, okay, what happens if your battery fails? You know, and I get GPS. I love it. I got GPS and everything. Got GPS in my airplane, got GPS in my car, got GPS in my phone, got GPS in my watch. But we were land navving for decades and decades and decades and decades before GPS ever came along. And it's a basic skill. It's a it's a basic outdoor skill to be able to land nav. So then it gets into, all right, can I land nav and am I going to be, you know, real noisy going up there? Or can I land nav, you know, like I'm under surveillance? Like if I'm going to point A to point B and that elk sees me before I see him, okay, well, I've blown my shot. You know Gosh. what I mean? And then I get up there and let's say I get to the point I want to go. I see the elk that's out there. All right. Same thing. We have been range estimating without lasers for decades and decades and decades before lasers ever came along. So we we're using mill relation formula. We we're using coincidence laser range or uh, uh, optical range finders. We were doing all these things. And these things are these are skill sets. And it's like I've said before about it. You know, the reality is I could do all of these skill sets right here at Rifles Only. You know what I mean? But you're going to have some people who are from Texas who have a little bit of local knowledge about the winds, local knowledge about this, so they get an advantage. Well, for $25,000 buy-in, I don't want them to have an advantage. No, I nobody. Want, I want to do it here, and I want to do it, you know, we're pretty much tabletop out here. I want to do it in the rolling hills. I want to do it in the plains. I want to do it in the desert. I want to do it in the mountains. I want to take people out of their comfort zone so we can find who is that person that can do this the best you know and yeah believe me if you and i if i was at liberty to say who has saved slots you would say wow amazing and it is it runs the gamut everything from orienteering people all the way up to military guys you know what i mean sure. it there, it has it has created a, a veritable shitstorm in a lot of different industries and I'm so sure. and, and and i'm happy about that that's what i wanted to do and it's like the what we're doing now with the PRS and the NRL. Like we were doing matches well before PRS came along, and way before NRL came along. Nothing yep. wrong with those matches. We we conduct them here. We enjoy them here. It's like old mm -hmm. home week. You know, we get to see everybody. We have a good time. We shoot targets and everything else. I like that type of competition. But I wanted this to be a little bit different competition. You asked, um, was there something that you know gave this to me? And I said, oh no, I just didn't think about it. And that's not necessarily true. But um, I went to a four-day sniper competition in Helsinki, Finland. Four days. Sniper right. competition. When, when was when was this? Back in the 90s. Oh, okay. This, so this wasn't a recent thing. No. Okay. I, no. I hear you. Four days. Okay. <laughs> I fired 11 rounds. Yeah. 11 rounds. It well, was. doesn't that kind of compute with what a what an actual a, – a man that carries a long rifle – in defense of the country, isn't that about what the ratio is for, as far as his skill sets of what he's been taught as far as how the sh how much the shooting actually comes into play? Well, I mean, yeah. Does like, that make I, sense? Yeah, I think Kalen Wojcik put it the best. You know, whenever you're a sniper in the military, shooting is only about 5 to 10% of what you do. But when it's time to shoot, it's 100%. 100%. Yeah, and I, I thought that was a really good way to put it. You know, yeah, it was. A Marine Corps sniper. And, um, you know, the thing about it is, is like the, the you, you mentioned the buy in and I get it. It's high. But you're doing an actual year's worth of matches in 23 days. How much yeah. do you spend going to matches every year? One calendar year. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't I mean, even know. 
but well, not as much as a lot of people do. Yeah. yeah, it's getting close to that. Yeah, and you're, so, you're scared. And, there's, and believe me, there's under you could shoot every match in the country, meaning you have a private Learjet. You're flying every weekend. That is your job. You're not even putting a drop in the bucket as far as what the the payout could be given your performance. So, I mean, I mean, that's it's not apples and apples. It's apples and hand grenades. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's too- think about it. You know, the the average what's what's the average cost of a PRS rifle by the time you put all of the accessories on it? Uh, Nine thousand. Yeah, Yeah. you know, you're talking about some of that. And then we're going to go shoot a season. So we're going to have to travel. We're going to have to eat. We're going to have to have lodging. We're going to have to have entry fees. My entry fee is really not that bad. (laughs) You put it. No, no, it's what what makes it seem so bad is if uh, is is in the time, the amount of time that money is spent. Right. Like you said, someone shoots a whole year. It comes up to just about that. You're scaring the hell out of twenty five K. But the the what I can probably see a lot of people having a hard time to the stomach is well that's for one match and then that means if I'm going to shoot spend the same money then I'm not going to shoot any match the rest of the year. But the problem is all those other matches like I just said none of them are going to give the potential to make a half a million dollars. Not so if you, that's where that's where the buy-in comes is worth it in my opinion. Yeah, and not not even if you won them all. Or could you pull that amount of money off the prize table? Maybe. Um, uh, but you, you couldn't get this kind of experience. I mean, believe me, we're taking 45 people. The guy who comes in 45th is going to have just as much bragging rights as the guy who comes in first. The guy who, you know, the guy who finishes, that's it. Yeah, you finished. Yeah, he showed up. You know what I mean? He showed up and he did this. You know, he did something that no one else has done before. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And, and no, I mentioned last night when I was, when I was kind of uh, given a, uh, just prefacing tonight, uh, I, I recorded an episode last night, and um, I, I, I called it, and I don't even think about it, but it kind of came to me. I was like, well, this is an adventure match. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've said that or used that, but that's, I mean, bre- breaking it down, that's what it becomes for the shooter. It's it, yeah. it's an adventure in a match. So yeah. it's you know it, it's kind of yeah. like uh, with the gumball gun with guns. It's the gumball yeah. race with guns. Those guys are are running three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollar cars going across the country and a big chance. I don't even, I don't even remember if they what they win if they win the gumball, but they also risk going to prison too. Sure. So right, yeah, there, there's no prison time for any of this. So uh, it it's the gumball of of you know riflemen. So yeah. and, and I really. Really, before before we go any further, I really want to give a shout out to Recoil because Recoil has hopped on board with this thing. They it's are my favorite magazine. Magazine. It's on Recoil Web. They're sending crews to film every last minute of Assassin's Way. That in and of itself is an investment. You just said it's twenty three days yeah. for a magazine to film like that extensively it's not like they're going to get a couple shots here and there no if you're talking about them filming the whole time jesus christ that is a fucking investment (laughs) yeah yep and it's going to be some awesome coverage well i just uh they they came in and they said they wanted to do this and i was like i could think of no better media outlet you know to put it out you know because you can count on the shooters you know what i mean absolutely and uh especially if you go through and start reading the articles and looking who wrote them uh, yeah. they, they are shooters and it's my favorite magazine when i go to the grocery store and i see a new issue i'm like mm. it, it, it's basically if they got like some like sbr or something like that that doesn't really 
get me going instead of them having like a, a new AI, ASR, or something like that. I still end up getting a damn magazine because it's yeah. always it's a good magazine and they those are really good guys. They're shooters and yep. it, it shows in their writing and the t- topics that they cover. Yeah, it really so, does. Really yeah, does. I didn't know I didn't know this. That's that's awesome. That's really yeah, cool. Actually, they're actually putting a competitor in that is not mm-hmm. competing for the prize money uh, just because there's no entry fee. They're doing it so they can cover it Experience. from the outside as well as the inside, which I thought yeah. was I I thought was fantastic because you're going to get the shooter? Uh, Lindsay Davis. Lindsay? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I know Lindsay. Yeah, I've shot a match with Lindsay. Yep, she's doing it. Is and Jordan like, shooting? Uh, we'll do what? Is Jordan shooting? Not sure. No. No, 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 oh. no. He, I don't think he can get the time. Okay. Well, given his work, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, Lindsay's awesome. She is like a straight-up G. She is yep. fucking awesome. I love Lindsay. Um, oh, speaking of which, Jonathan Roberts wanted me to tell you hi. Oh, tell him I said hi. Yeah, he's, he's, I'm sure he'll be listening to this. Uh, he did have a question for you regarding that, which I think I know the answer to this, but uh, wants to know about the use of electronics. I, G, he put Kestrel, GPS, etc. I I'm pretty sure I can pretty much answer the GPS part with a negative. Um, but the Kestrel, but Kestrel ballistic calculators, wind meter stuff, are they still good to go? Sometimes they will be, and sometimes they won't. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be there's going to be sometimes when there's going to be sh- some shots made where I'm going to allow that, but okay. there's going to be the majority of them they will not be allowed. And Hard so data. Oh, know your data. You know what I mean. Get yourself an armband. You know, go out. Not trying to trick you, and I'm not going off, and I'm not doing I'm not doing anything weird. If you know me, if you come to one of my matches, one of the one of the things that you'll walk away as you can describe it is that it's simple. You know what I mean. Think your way through it and do it's it. I am not the basics. Gonna, I'm not going to try to trip anybody up. You know, this is going to be something. It wouldn't be some sort of wazoo shit that somebody just pulled out of the air. No, this would be a real thing that you could possibly see uh, in the field. It's like um, on the range estimation. If you're using a mill dot range estimation, it's like I always say that you can get really, really good at it to 500 yards. And then beyond that depending on the weather, heat, mirage, whatever, you, it, it gets a little bit iffy. It's so like, it's the rifle gods that gave you the finger because they give it, they get really good inside 500 yards where you don't need it. And then where you really need it, they kind of, yeah. you know, finger. Yeah, they, they definitely throw in the, the shit on top of it. Right. So expect no targets that you need to range beyond seven or 750 yards. And it's not like I'm going to take a 50 cent piece and nail it to a fence post and tell you to range it. No, it's going to be a target. You know what I mean? It'll either be a silhouette of an animal or a silhouette of a person. You'll be given the the measurements so that you can run your you'll be given every bit of information so that you can run your formulas to do that. I am not trying to trick you. I don't have to. You know what I mean? Yo, that's you glad you said that because I was about to say it's it's the basics and the, the basic skills put to use can be hard enough. To yep. where you don't have to, to trick people. You don't have to throw in a bunch of extra shit. No, I'm not trying to go off and, and I'm not going to go out and, you know, like, okay. So I say, all right, there's your silhouette out there. And I say, okay, well, that silhouette, you know, it, it looks like it has a, a battle shirt on. Well, yeah, it does. Welcome to the world. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. not like we go out and hunt white-tailed deer and the white-tailed deer are, are good enough to paint themselves all white. You know what I mean? So right. that we can 
say that we can find them. No, it's, sure. it's going to be real, but it's not going to be, like I said, it's not going to be that stupid. I take a, you know, a three by five index card and, and nail it to a tree and say, okay, range that. Yeah. You know, next to, next to impossible. Well, it is impossible. You know, right. I mean, you can, you just take your best guess at that point. No, I want to yeah. see the skill. I want to see the skill and you'll be graded on it. You know what I mean? You'll be oh, graded yeah. on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to call these things the, the things that are going to be required for this match legacy skills, because I don't feel like they should be legacy skills. I feel like they should be skills. If you look at uh, today in, in 2020 of what our uh, tier one uh, snipers are, are given as far as whether it be equipment with the, uh, the training, all these things, you, you have to, these things that are, you're going to be exercising in this match, I think are so pivotal to be able to, if, uh, boom, if shit gets missing, shit gets gone, broken, can you then go back to these things? It's, it's the, the, the walking before you can run. You yep. can't run without knowing how to walk. So you need to make sure that we know how to walk properly. And I feel like it's in, in the normal civilian shooter, it's obviously not as important. But when lives are on the line or, you know, you got a job to do, then yep. all of these things are so pivotal. And because it wouldn't take much for, uh, like you said, someone's uh, PEC-15 or, or someone's uh, uh laser range finder take a shit on them if man yep. can make it man can break it okay yep. can you then it's you by yourself can you then find the uh, uh range your your target you can know? you and, mission yeah because exactly can you still finish your mission if you get a piece of gear believe me it, it it comes across with the way i designed assassin's way as like i am completely against technology no my laser rangefinder is a PLRF 25. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a $9,000 rangefinder that I really don't need. You know what I mean? I mean, I get a lot That's of nice. Sell, but you know what? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. I like mine, and it's it's like the best in the world. I have four ballistic programs on my phone. You know what I mean? Um, I, I have GPS. I have, and I use all these things. This is not that. You know what I mean? This is yeah. not that. This is when your batteries quit. This is when there's an EMP. Can you feed your family, you know, after an EMP? Because Absolutely. your laser ain't going to work anymore, bro. You know what that I mean? That rifle will. That rifle will. That rifle will. And those those mill dots inside there are going to be just as good. From And it doesn't even have to be EMP. Back in the late 1800s, we had a solar flare. And you can look it up. And it tore up all of our those little tapping communication things that they had, you know, the Morse code. Morse code, yeah. Yeah, it blew them all out. You know what I mean? I didn't know did, that. Oh, Solar flare. Yeah, look it up. And it's like that can happen at any time. Um, even let's like let's say not something so catastrophic, but you go out. All right. Let's say you are hunting or animals or men. You know what I mean? And you're land nabbing in wherever it is. And you you slip and take you a take a right very, very small oh, yeah. tumble 30 feet down the side of a thing. Don't break anything because there's a slope to it. But you know what? You came all the way down on your laser rangefinder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That thing's going to be crushed. Even my mil spec unit would probably be crushed, you know, putting my weight on it. So can you still complete your mission? You know what I mean? What about cold? Cold yeah. kills anything electronic. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. It, you know, it's I mean, we we op, we are trained. Our, our our troops are trained to operate 
in uh, in cold uh, environments. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, whether it be you know, mountain school, um, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff, it's I mean, it's colder than a well digger's ass in Afghanistan, you know, at night during the cold, colder months. Uh, yeah, you know, that can zap the shit. Dude, out of it can batteries. be cold in the, in the summertime too. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it can zap the shit out of batteries. Oh, I know. Look, uh, that's I, I, I'm from I'm a North Carolina boy, man. I don't know if I'm ready for cold like that. You know, seven months out of the year. <laughs> yeah, I get but, you. I get you. But, but you know, batteries but, take a shit, and yeah. you have to know how to well. This thing is at nine thousand dollars piece of shit right now for me because it's no, no, it's a paperweight, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I have to continue my mission. There's no calling back to to you know headquarters and uh or the talk and be like, you know what? Sorry guys, my range finder took a shit. I got to come on back. You know, go ahead and get the extraction team out. Yeah. Well, it it could be it could be that you're going out there and this is a kind of a foreshadowing on a Sashlin's way. It could be that you were land having up there not to make a shot, but to gather intel. Recce. Yep. Exactly. It's a, right. it's a recce mission, you know. Be that. You got to carry all your stuff because you got to be ready to fight at any given time. However, sometimes you're going out there to make a shot, and sometimes you're not. And if you if you lose a bit of your gear, there's people counting on you coming back with information. You know what I mean? Yeah. And absolutely. Can, and nowadays, of course, they're carrying cameras with them. The same thing can happen to a camera that happened to your laser. You know what I mean? You got to get out there. You got to sketch that out. You got to say what those buildings look like. You got to say what that terrain looks like. You got to be able to range from place to place and be able to come back and not just be a useless piece of shit. Be someone who can actually operate when shit goes wrong. And believe me, shit always goes wrong. It's Murphy's Law. It is. I mean, and, and it applies to some people more than others. Uh, if <laughs> something can go wrong, will go wrong. Yeah, it's uh, um, that's one of those things. It's uh, but it this is gonna be. I mean, you've got matches. I mean, you've got the what the Allegheny Sniper Challenge. You've got the Mammoth Sniper Challenge. You know, the Mammoth is gonna be a three day uh, a test of fortitude. It's meant to kind of like break you down. Uh, and, and be super tough. I mean, it's almost like it, what, what kills me about the mammoth is the way it is. I had a buddy, one of my best friends. He he competed in the mammoth this year, blew his knee out, so he had to uh, to leave early on like day like late day two. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what killed me about mammoth is by looking at it, I'm like, wait a minute. I could literally not if I competed in the mammoth, I could literally not even take my rifle with me. Mm-hmm. As long as I made the rucks and zeroed every stage, mm-hmm. I could still walk the prize table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What yep. is this a shooting match or is this a uh, Spartan race with maybe the option of shooting? That yep. that's my only. I'm like it, to me the the mammoth should it, it should be completely changed. And I maybe I'm speaking out of turn with the guys putting it on because they're probably a lot smarter than I am. But I look at it as hey. It should be at least 50-50 of importance, right? I mean, in my opinion, if so, say it again. Assassin's Way is not right, but you're gonna y'all. You said you're gonna be graded though. Really, yeah. the mammoth is. I mean, you don't have to bring a rifle. Just make the rucks, or just yeah. just walk in time. Yeah. And and I it, with there's skills that are gonna be. Yeah, I, you could take the the toughest endurance athlete. And put them in Assassin's Way, and 
he's not going to win because he has to have these skills. Right. right. You require these skills. The only skill that I feel like is the most heavily weighed is, well, how good a shape are you in? That's right. a that is a a an, a factor. That is a an aspect of what it'll take in uh, in the assassin's way. Uh, but it's not the sole requirement because, like you just said, you've got to know how to do this. You got to know how to you got to know how to range. You got to know how to land nav. There's no land nav. But you know where to go in in mammoth. You just got to get there. You know, yeah. you just walk. Oh, uh, this would assassin's way. You got to land nav. But I will tell you this, and this this kind of shocks people. The person who goes out on Assassin's Way and gets the highest score on the shooting may not win. No, I, I no, no, I completely understand that, and I agree, right? But there, there is shooting. You know, they they will be required to shoot. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I you mean, know, the thing you're going to be required to shoot, but the the other skill sets that we're trying to we're trying to wait, and there's no way. I wish on all the skill sets that we could weight them exactly by percentage, exactly the same. It's impossible. That's hard to do. But, I mean, it's yeah, it's impossible. I believe me, it's impossible. Right, you've uh, racked your brain on it already. <laughs> but they are so evenly matched that it's really not going to matter. You know what I mean? Right. If someone if someone is really skilled in land navving, okay, that's great. But they may not be skilled in target detection. You know what I mean? They may not be skilled in range estimation. They may not be able to remember what they ate for breakfast that morning. You know what I mean? These are all skill things. They may be completely unaware, no situational awareness. But they're really good at land navving. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, we can teach these other skills. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Kim's games. Yeah, Kim's games. We can teach this. You know, we can teach these things, these mental techniques on how to do this. And, again, there's going to be plenty of clinics. Um, I'm doing a field craft course in June in Colorado. I think it's the third week of June, so we're going to be doing all the assassin way skill sets because it's a – there's people that are coming who need this, you know. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then Frank Galley's going to be doing some. And so watch for them because they're going to be doing one and two, maybe three day clinics on some of these other skills that are not necessarily so marksmanship weighted. But I think well, the, the slew of shooters that we have out there right now that are shooting the, you know, the competition circuit and everything else, it, you know, I, I love that and everything else. But I, I really hope we get some of those people in there because I know that they're going to develop a love for these other side of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, whenever it comes to field craft, shooting is the tip of the iceberg. You got a big fucking iceberg underneath the water. Right you know underneath. I mean? And that's what these skills are going to be. And learning these things is just, man, it's so satisfying. You know, it, it just it's, it brings a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction and just, okay, to be able to Self-reliance. Say, yeah, self-reliance, man. Self-reliance. I mean, it, it's the same. You're tapping into the same, uh, I, I, I don't know, um, Things that satisfy the people who, you know, maybe grow their own crops, their own food, or or maybe grow their own cattle to to really just to feed themselves. Self reliance, right. filter yeah. their own water. You're ta- you're tapping in these survivalists, people like Bush people in Alaska that you know had. They were maybe a lawyer at one point, but what they found makes them most happy is doing that. Well, this is the same type of thing that is, you know, yeah, you can I can put you like the guy who wins this. You know, you'll be safe to say, put me anywhere. I'll survive. Yep. I'll get what I need to do done. Right. You'll there's be a, there's to- a right, and there's a satisfaction that comes with that for sure. That's I think innate in most of us. I'm not gonna say all of us, but in most yep. of us. Exactly. And you know, the thing about it is, is you know, I I've, I've been on the competition circuit before, and I've won a lot of matches, and it made me happy for about a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. About a day. Yeah. 
and it, you know it's okay. I, I liked it. It was a, it was a good day. It was a great day to be happy about it. But I, there's always just so much more. And we used to be able to do this. We used to have target detection. We used to have range estimation in the matches. You know, a long time ago. Um, I want to bring it back, man. I want to bring it back. Wouldn't you love to be able to go to your former self at that time and then bring you back here to compete in the Assassin's Way? Uh, he'd be horrified. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. But like you said, by the time you got done, you'd be yeah. like, you'd have that satisfaction more so oh. than the matches that you did win. You know, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And it was like, I'll tell you, here's an example. I went to Steel Safari and uh, I won it. And um, after I was won it, I found out that because you, you'll start out like the, the rage officer goes first and then they go up to a, a station and then you come up and you've got like five minutes to find and range maybe five targets and then but you have to leave at a certain time because they stagger how everyone starts sure well i found out that the guy i won it by score and everything else and then i found out that one guy like three guys behind me he went down he was going down a little bitty embankment and he slipped and got on fell on his butt and he fell he like slid down the embankment didn't hurt him but when he got there he got bit by a rattlesnake oh shit and this guy had the presence of mind to know that it wasn't it, it was just a defensive bite in other words what we call a dry bite right you know didn't dump didn't dump and venom yeah he completed the course and i'm like i won this but i didn't win this that guy won this you know what i mean that's a nasty it, he had I, I got bit by around like i'm crying like a little girl call a helicopter i'm done <laughs> you know dude, what I mean? yeah it must hurt to sit down with balls that big exactly because i mean it must because he knew it and he like shrugged it off and he completed the rest of the course i outscored him but i didn't outman him you know what right I mean? yeah good well that's a whole separate that's a whole separate entity of what you're doing and i recognized it and i told him i said dude you outmanned everybody not only today but every day because this is you doing this for a hobby and you said it's like looked at a rattlesnake and said fuck you <laughs> right yeah yeah fuck off and it's like brush them <laughs> off go exactly. back your way you know right well, this is what this is what Assassin's Way about. You know what I mean? Go out and do it. You know, go do it. Go go do these skills. Maybe you're maybe you're not so good at it or anything else. But I guarantee you, at the end of 23 days, when we're sitting around here at Rifles Only after everything's all done, man, you're gonna have a sense of accomplishment that you have never felt in your life. That's gonna be the best beer and cigar you've ever probably tasted. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. That's it's going to be awesome. The sense of accomplishments one would get for 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 a just starting it and b most definitely finishing it. Whether yeah. you like you said earlier, your first or your forty fifth doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because no. there's a lot of people out there who didn't show up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And that's it's going to be like an elite fraternity. I think if yeah. that's what it's going to seem like, especially when and you're talking about doing this, you know, multiple years. And it's not going to be a one time thing. So yeah. after. Yeah, well, after a couple of years, it's gonna be, it's gonna feel and seem like a fraternity of shooters. Oh, sure, absolutely. The guys no. who actually, did it. and we're planning on taking it international in 2024. Man, now when you say taking it international, do you mean doing the match in other, another country, or doing the matches match in multiple countries where you uh, have to travel? First off, the first year we're gonna start off in another country, and then then we'll try to go multiple countries after that. But um, the the, the Assassin's Way North America will still take place. This will be in addition to. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I did, I mean that that's like the 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 race around the world type thing. What I was thinking, like you know, you start out in Sweden. One day. Right. <laughs> that'd be awesome. 
Well, you got you got to really pick your countries on gun friendly countries and stuff like that. That was going to be my next question. Was you know how have have you worked on that kind of logistic as far I as have I've been working on it. I've already been in contact with United Airlines because I want to charter to get everybody there, and so uh, we we're we're kind of visiting a little bit about that. <laughs> so it's kind of neat, but you know it is That's what it amazing. is. That's plenty. Of, there's plenty of time for that to happen, you know. So. Yeah, you got get the first one on your belt first. I mean, what you're what you're doing here is unprecedented. So, I mean, you got time. <laughs> so. Well, really, you know, to think about it, you know, Christmas was only two weeks ago. When you think about yeah. how time flies, you know, yeah. a little bit skewed time thing now with all the Corona crap. But you get my point. Yeah, absolutely. So when when I don't remember if you've released the date. When is it is the projected date that it's supposed to be? Like, is actually supposed to start in 2021? Uh, September 1st. September 1st. Okay. So at least that'll be decent weather for all place in theory of, in all places involved. Yeah. We could have hurricanes here in Texas. We could have snow by the time we get up, you know, really high in the Pacific Northwest. But, you know, yeah, what it is, you take your gamble. Yeah, well, it's still regardless, still September snow. It's not, yeah. you know, February snow. True. 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 Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, is is there is there you got anything else that you want to cover about Assassin's Way specifically? Yeah, we're getting and again going to remain nameless for a while, but we're getting some pretty high powered sponsors for it. You know, and first off, start with Recoil, but we got some other ones that are uh, pretty high powered that are wanting to be involved in this. You know, it, it awesome. has it's caught a lot of people's attention because, like you say, you know, no one has ever done anything like this before. It is it is the pinnacle competition for shooting sports. You know, and I'm just. I'm humbled and honored that these people are contacting me wanting to be involved. Right. And that's cool that they're contacting you because, you know, a typical. Okay, let's say I want to hold a match here. Okay, Mm -hmm. I want to hold a match here. Typically, how does that work out? I go and call sponsors like, hey, we're doing this here. You're getting hit up because people know. You know, that just shows the gravity of what you're doing is that like when you've got these people, hey, I want to be coming to you, Jacob. I want to be a part of this. Yeah, exactly. And we're, you know, we're getting everything ready. We've already hired a couple of medical doctors to go and be with us the entire time. And, you know, with lots of emergency room experience, uh, just we're not we're doing everything we can to make sure nobody gets hurt. But if somebody does get hurt, we want them to get care like right now. We want to be prepared for it. Um, You know, we're being able to work out how we're how we're seeing them with drones, GPS tracking units, stuff like that. So no one's going to get stuck out in the wilderness by themselves. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be a crew, a QRF basically to go and take care of anybody's needs. If anything happens, like if they do have somebody who gets bit by a rattlesnake, we want them to have care immediately, you know, not absolutely. And the guys that are, that are doing this, I know them. And so they, they, they have experience in this sort of uh, platform. So I don't know. We're, we're just getting ready for it. You know, we're, there's a lot of stuff. We're, we will actually, the cadre will actually do Assassin's Way a minimum of twice between now and when the real show is so that we can work out all the bugs and make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. And, you know, that's expensive. You know, I mean, it's sure. um, you know, you're doing all that. And so it it costs a lot more in, in money and it costs a lot more in time and blood, sweat and tears to yeah. put this on because you're you're basically got one guy who's going to conduct an entire year's worth of matches in 23 days in different parts of the United States. So we got to travel to all these places and get them ready. You know what I mean? They got to be ready. Yeah. You're not going to do that in one trip. You know what I mean? It's going to take a lot. So the people that are working on this have, have really, you know, put out a lot of effort and a lot of dedication to make this happen. Um, Sweat it's, equity. It's, 
Yeah, it's a lot of it. And it's at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be the reward for just putting it on to me and being the first time to happen. That that's going to be priceless. You know, it's going to be absolutely priceless. Yeah. And, and you, know, you you're doing this with the cadre specifically because not to just we want to see if something does happen or goes wrong. You, you got the attitude of we're going to find what goes wrong because yep. some, like we just mentioned a minute ago, what can go wrong will go wrong. Yep. And how, how do we prepare for it going from here? Yep. How do and we either prevent that or how do we prepare, prepare for it? And part of it is just on the match, but it's also part of it because we all of us have minds like the competitive mindset. And so on one of the trips, our main goal is to cheat. You know what I mean? Because we want to know how could somebody cheat? If somebody cheats on this match, they just said bye to 25 grand and yeah. worse, bye to 500 grand. You know what I mean? This is well, going to be a test. It's, it's going to affect them to pass that too, believe me, because as, as, as many eyes are going to be on this competition yes. that you've put, you're yeah. putting on here, it's yeah. going to be worse than that. There have been guys that have, have cheated in way less that have yeah. paid for it dearly in just a normal PRS match. Yeah. that band you know well this one this one is i don't know man it's just uh it's turned into a real a real big deal i didn't have any idea how big it was going to be and that's not only in my mind the amount of work the amount of interest the amount of people that are coming i mean forward who just want to be a part of it and it's just yeah. it's fantastic i'm humbled I mean, I, I can't imagine all the work, but just when the first time I heard you mention and, and talk about it, I think was with Frank. I knew then just listening, this is a big ass deal. This is a huge deal. Um, and uh, it's got to be I mean, it's got to be hell and kind of nerve wracking knowing that, you know, this is this is all on Jacob's shoulders. This is all this is your brainchild. You have to make this happen. And. I, I don't know of really many other people who would be best suited for it. So yeah. well, I appreciate that. But you know what? This is this is a shooting sports. This is a, you know, we love we love shooting to train people how to stay alive. We love to, be able to train people how to put food on their table. We like to be able to train people to compete well. And you know what? We're never going to be NASCAR unless we go fucking big. I, look, I cannot agree. There's a lot of people who don't want this to go NASCAR. Yeah. They like the small niche thing, and I I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I I like I'd like for this to me to you know flip into the TV and like especially during like fucking hockey season, mm -hmm. I'd much rather see a damn shooting match than yeah. watching damn ice hockey. Well, look at it like this. Let's say that let's say that it does get really big. Okay. Think of all those gunsmiths that are out there who are going to make so much more money. Think about all those chassis builders who are going to make so much more money. Think about all those nylon guys who are going to make so much more money. Barrel manufacturers, bullet Barrel manufacturers. Triggers, bolts, scopes, whatever. They're, everyone in the industry is going to benefit from this. You know what I mean? Everyone's going to benefit because it's going to put it in front of an audience that is would be so much bigger than than what's out there now. You know what I mean? And it's like what does that mean? That means more people come in and that means the industry suppliers are going to make more money. All right. Capitalism. I'm on fricking board. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. A rising tide raises all boats. Exactly right. I want to see those guys who are doing chassis, those gun builders, George Gardner. I want to see him like go 
three times what he's doing right now. You know what I mean? And all the rest of them, too. I want to see him go three times what they're doing right now. And we got to make it big, dude. We got to make it big. And I want to see it before I die. Well, and, and I, I, th- I think it I think it will. What my only my only worry, uh, uh, not worry about it happening, about my worry about if it happens is or, or could it happen is simply because of what the nature of what we're doing is in 2020 in America. The mm-hmm. fact that, you know, the powers that be, do they want something? Uh, and I, my opinion is, you know, well, go fuck yourself. Um, don't care what you want. But uh, the powers that be, do they want something in involving where the, 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 the core nature of it being firearms? Do mm-hmm. they want it getting that big and that popular? It's like they can tolerate it if it's this little bitty core group over here, but if it grows to where it's fucking NFL, they got a whole new problem on their hands. And so that that to me is what scares, what scares me is what would be the biggest obstacle of whether it be sponsors uh, like uh, Coca Cola or sure. you know Charmin toilet paper wanting to get on board with it, but yet they've got you know twelve fucking Nancys over here. You know, writing them saying, I'll never buy Coke again if you sponsor that. And then them, you know, bowing down to to that. Because that's what happens today. That's exactly yeah, what happens today. But there's also in, in, there's also something else that's going on across the United States right now that kind of counters what you're saying. And what I want to bring up is... The COVID-19 scare. No, no. The, what I'm saying is, in order to get more people in it, we need to do it on the top side. But we also need to do it on the bottom side. And the bottom side is 22s. Have you noticed how they've exploded in popularity over the last two, three years? I mean, you got gun companies that were born because of 22. And I mean, it's the fastest growing segment. You know what? You know why people like that? Because they can bring their younger people to go do it. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. If we've got these kids that are out there and they're enjoying 22 and they're enjoying shooting and they've had a good time because people at 22 matches are really nice to them. You know what I mean? And then someone comes up and says, Oh, well, I don't like guns. Well, they'll say, well, you don't know guns. You know, you don't know what it's about. Think about it. I have so many liberal friends that I've taken shooting Uh, within two days. They went and bought their own gun. You know what I mean? Because they realized how much fun it was. And so I I don't know what you're saying is, is a valid point, very valid and everything else. But you know what? We don't know if we don't try, you know what I mean? No, I know, and and what by the, my my fear is of no justification to not do it, and right. by no means am I saying that. It's just I just I fear it as an obstacle that well we're gonna have to beat, and yeah. and I'm all for it. Believe me, I uh, I don't like I said I don't know how much of my podcast you've listened to, but it's very clear and just you know listen to one or two episodes. I am a staunch constitutionalist. Sure. Um, I'm not I'm not a Republican. I'm a constitutionalist because Republicans have lost their way. Yeah. And you have Republicans right now that are selling us up river uh, yeah. as the 2A community. And it's sad to see. But, you know, you know this I'm, I'm only th- I'll be 34 in July. It, I, I'm, I'm a young man. But it's sad to see that how much it has cha- this country has changed in yeah. the years of my uh, political consciousness of right. how 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 drastic it's changed in the past five to eight years it's amazing yeah. you know it's really been it, drastic over this year because for sure we have republicans in and we took the strongest economy that had ever been created in the history of the planet and we turned the key off shit of it 
We no, we took a shit on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, it's uh, the I mean, it's kind of really, I think, my opinion, kind of got kicked off and kind of got uh, uh, turbocharged, if you will, with Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, back back in February. And and here, you know, the the protest and everything uh, that went on, it kind of put a, a halt to it. And, and I knew then this is this is temporary. And yeah. then, bam, as soon as this COVID-19 shit happened, that's when when no one would be there to protest because they legally couldn't. No, no First Amendment or right to us uh, to right to assemble. Uh, boom, they passed through like, you know, midnight trials, just boom, yep. passed it all through and, and, and look at, look at what Virginia's got going on now. The, the yep. good thing is what I've been saying over the past few weeks is that this COVID-19 was a absolute, has been, and still is an absolute motherfucker for our country. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't mean medically, I mean, as far as our freedoms, but, yep. but it can also be is a blessing in disguise because what we saw when this shit first got started was especially in the in the shithole state of California is we saw a record number of first time gun purchasers 80% yep. of that time 80% of gun uh permits applied for were first time gun owners what yep. does that tell you that tells you that a large portion of them were just a few weeks beforehand were the ones who were you know wearing uh, or holding up the signs of say that's right i'll prime from your cold dead hands and yeah. here they are saying oh shit the cops are not arresting people uh i better protect myself well no shit asshole you know what i'm saying and, and so why don't you know thank you for finally coming along now why don't you when all this is over with don't forget this shit okay right. don't don't forget about this remember this in november because I feel like what we what we're gonna see in November is gonna be another thing that's unprecedented is that we that I, I think people's memories as short as they are in a 24 hour news cycle I think people's memories are long enough to where they're gonna remember November what happened in March what happened in April what happened in May and they remember exactly who are the ones who literally shit on the Bill of Rights and told yep. them they can't be who they want to be. They can't do what they want to do. They can't go provide for their families. They can't protect their families. Yep. Uh, and, and they're going to remember that. And I, I hope to God they, they vote with their their actual just instinctive consciousness uh, yep. or conscience because they haven't been for the past you know, 40 fucking years. Oh, I got you. I understand exactly what you're saying. did have kind of something good that happened in Texas, though. This um, judge put a lady oh. in jail up her nail salon, or hair salon and uh governor came out and said let her out of jail she's doing now. her job now do it now let yeah and, th- and then he also said that i am i am changing the the directive i'm changing the order it is not an arrestable offense this is bullshit how we're yeah. letting rapists and murderers or not I mean not murderers or rapists and uh, assault uh assaulters out of jail to prevent spread of covid19 but we're putting fucking hairstylists in there <laughs> yeah good Where's the logic in that? <laughs> well, where was the logic when when the law was written to begin with, though? I'm glad. Right. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I love that that Governor Abbott came out and did that, uh, yep. and and the Lieutenant Governor. Uh, he said, "Look, you let her out. I'll take her time at house arrest. Yep. How about that? Fine too. I think I saw unless that's and pay, he paid his fine. He, yeah, paid a seven thousand dollar fine. Yeah, yeah. I think he paid her fine, and it was just like to I guess I don't know why keep their book straight or as a symbolic gesture, whatever it was. But I'm glad he did it. I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. We're, we're, we live in interesting times, and usually usually that's an insult. When you tell someone, hey, I hope you live in interesting times, that's an insult. You know, we hope shit goes wrong for them. 
but we're living in very interesting times right now. And now we got this damn freaking murder bee that's out there. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I don't know if everything tries to poke you or, or sting you or bite you down here anyway. So I don't, yeah. I'm not. Really there, the there's bee. been a whole bunch of funny memes on the internet. I've seen them. I've seen yeah. them. And yeah. when they say Florida, we call them skeeters. <laughs> yeah. Look, in down in Florida and even in, in North Carolina, the damn skeeters so big that you catch them standing on their back feet, butt fucking turkeys. They're so damn big. <laughs> Uh, That's uh, but you know, yeah, we're we're at a. I mean, really, this whole, this whole, I don't even call it a pandemic. Really, this whole panic, I should say, yeah. is 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 brought us is brought us as a nation, really as a world. But honestly, I don't give a shit about the rest of the world because I don't live in the rest of the world. I live in America. I'm a born proud American. We, me and you and the most of the people listening to this. Are because I've got actually got listeners everywhere. I've you know seen it or whatever. But the majority of the listeners listen to this. Uh, we are we had nothing to do with where we were born. Right. Right. We we are American by the grace of your Creator. We are American by privilege, and that is something to be fucking proud of. And when yep. you got a camera going around to different universities and asking college students, you know, 19-something, 20-something-year-olds, are you proud to be American? And the vast, overwhelming majority say, no, we got a goddamn problem. Yeah. Well, and, the point is, and, you know, a lot of your friends and my friends, you know, and, and myself, you know, I've been to several different places in the world, and I tell you what. I'd rather right, live right here in Kingsville, Texas. Dude, let me tell you something, Jacob. I actually, I was, I was oh shit, my beers went everywhere. Um, I was uh, stationed in uh, Texas for a little while, but and I love Texas. Um, but I've been uh, back when I was procuring um, working dogs, uh, canines. Uh, I you know took trips to Europe and everything, and. Uh, I didn't realize, well, first of all, I didn't realize that just looking at me, if you went to Asia and you saw people that are from Asia, you'd be able to look at them and tell, well, that's an Asian person, right? They, we look different. Apparently, me and you look different than Europeans because they could pick me out of a fucking crowd of, of 100. And the 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 looks that I received um, while over there, uh, simply because I was, um, it was apparent to them that I was American and it, it was disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, I kind of wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, I mean, it's a don't, I mean, that to me, you're a hater. I mean, I mean, you're just, you're just jealous because, yeah. and I, and I've seen the, the lack of, uh, the, the lack of freedom, that they that they have over there just by talking with them like oh yeah we can't do that i'm like are you serious y'all can't y'all can't do that here that's not legal and they're like oh no i'm like oh my god and it makes me i mean until you've traveled there and you go with that mindset you you literally unless it's instilled from you from childhood you know you you don't know that but take your your little privilege shithead self out of your little you know uh your suburb of you know new york city and go to uh eastern europe yeah that's where i was in fact i was about 400 kilometers from crimea when russia was invading i had no idea i found out when i got back i was like oh my god i was right there but you know 
You go go over there and then you tell me. Go to Venezuela right now mm-hmm. and you tell me how shit it is to be a fucking American. <laughs> I agree with you, man. I agree and with you. It's just it's sad that that I'm uh, I'm alive to to see uh, being a time to where that is, but. When people like you and I just shut up in color, we just you know sit in a corner and just do our own little thing without uh, explaining to people why you are so fucking lucky to be where you are or to be from where you are. You know it that that's when we're that's when what way we are our way of life is gone forever because it's one generation away. Yeah, but the problem is you know these guys that are doing that and saying how they're not you know, happy to be American and stuff like that. They haven't been to other places. And right, so that's my point. Yes. Is they have no frame of reference. They think everybody, every, every country in the world is like the U S that's what they think, or that's what they assume, or that's the, the mode that they operate under. They have no frame of reference of what it would be like to be in Venezuela right now. You know what I mean? Or what it would be like just everyday life in Mexico, uh, let alone Cuba. Yeah. Let alone middle Eastern countries. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, but it is what it is. I mean, you're always going to have that. Yeah, we we are, but it, it's it's I, I feel it is that our duty as you know red blooded Americans to to educate. You are an educator. Yeah, for a living, can't, you can't tell somebody something when they have no frame of reference on it. It's yeah, you're right. They they need to find out. That, and, I, and look, yeah, yeah. this COVID nineteen, and that that's another aspect to what I meant was that this could be the greatest. Not the greatest, but this could be a, a great opportunity for Americans to where yeah. these people who have taken their First Amendment and other people's First Amendment for right. for granted to where, well, now you can't go to your little, you know, vegan fucking tofu party because right. there's more than 10 people there. How does that right. feel? How does yeah. that feel to you? OK, well, yeah. then what the what you're voting for is to where or what you want in life, whether you know it or not, is to give that kind of control to the the government all the time. Forget a damn coronavirus. That's all what you're voting for. Yeah. So I'm with. I'm we with we can talk about that for. Well, I could talk about it for ages. But anyway, <laughs> I have some questions prepared for Jacob Bynum. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm not gonna go in order per se. Um, I may not go go to all of them. Um, what? <sighs> Now, I know it's probably – I'm not going to say you take it for granted or anything because I know you don't. You you are a much more sound person than that. But when you first got started to where you started taking off in, what, in rifles only of training our Tier 1 guys, let's just take it back to where you, you, you were training – and I know you remember it – your very first Tier 1, you know, whether it be, you know – Tier one in Marines, Army, uh, you know, any about any of those. What what did that feel like to you? What did what did you feel? Jet lagged because it wasn't in this country. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it was it was uh yeah the first first really big contract was for Australia, and so I was I was in the west coast of Australia. That's awesome. What about what about our guys when when you when you first worked with with ours? What? Pretty much as soon as I got back, that's when it kicked off. So, yeah, it was good. How did it feel? It felt awesome. You know what I mean? But it felt um, it felt good, you know, to be able to pass on some of this knowledge. And I went over there for pretty much some 
some extreme long range stuff with 50s. Of course, we did the we did the smaller guns too, 338s back when they weren't very popular, and of course, obviously the 308. Um, but went over there to solve some problems on getting them a little bit further than 1300 meters with their fifties. And so that worked out real good. Took about 10 minutes to solve that problem. And then we just did another eight days worth of classes, which was fantastic. You know, it was really good. Um, you find that, you know, the, you know, all, all of our military members the first responders, police officers and everything else, my hat's off to all of them. You know what I mean? But by the time you get to that level, they have really weeded out all the people who weren't really designed for it. And Absolutely. so, I mean, I learned, and I, 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 I'm not going to say that this is true just then, because every time I teach a class, I learn something. You know what I mean? I, I always do. And I learned a lot there, uh, not only about shooting, but just about the environment that we live in, uh, everybody as humans. And um, it was just a, it was a surreal experience, a hell of a lot of fun. And just to find out, you know, that these people, they, they give a lot, dude. You know what I mean? They give a hell of a lot that people don't understand, you know, that just, just to get to where they are, they did. Yeah. But they give a lot of, of who they are to their country and to absolutely that live in their country. And, you know, it, there's no way I could, I could sit here and I could talk for the next 30 minutes and there's not going to be any bit of words that I can even put it in to describe it. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not possible to do that. Um, but just the, the, the camaraderie, you know, the love that they have for people and the love that they have for people that they don't even know. You know what I mean? What, just, was it intimidating at all? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's in my element, man. I was doing what I knew. You know right. What I mean? it, that yeah. Was, that wasn't it at all. And I was, I was having a blast because I was able to pass on information that, oh, I didn't think awesome. about that. Or I didn't think about that before. And it's like, yeah, use it. Try it this way. Oh, that works. Well, uh, this is not really working so good. I said, all right, try this, you know, and being able to, you know, really, you know, it, Teaching's not about me, bro. You know what I mean? It's about the student. You know, and if if I can pass off, you know, one little thing to them that would help them, whether they're hunting, you know, animals or people or, or targets or whatever, that's just a freaking charge. You know what I mean? It's a oh yeah, drilling dump. I can imagine. I can imagine. It, it, you're 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 in the presence of fucking pipe hitting sons of bitches, and they're here to listen to to you. Yeah, and and, and they and they're receptive, and that's the awesome yeah. thing. And what you have to understand is that they're just a bunch of jackasses like the rest of us. Yeah, just at a higher level. <laughs> just at a higher level, but they're, they're just like us, and they're just, they love to have a great time, and they love to do their job. They love what they're doing for, for all the right reasons. You know, they're, they didn't stay in there that long because they hated it. And so it's, uh, I don't know, it's just humbling, you know what I mean? But, man, I get humbled whenever I get this guy who just got his rifle last week and I see the light bulb go off and that, that makes me happy too. So it's not just, it's not just way up on the top end. All right. Well, I wasn't going to ask this question next, but that, that just led me to it. What is something, what is a one, if you can, what is a one thing that you, you find yourself constantly, what's a, a, an issue with shooters that you like a uh, one thing that you find yourself constantly addressing, like more so than than other things. Obviously, with a new shooter, it, they need everything addressed. But a, as a, a whole, what is something like like yeah, uh, whether it be um, cheek pressure on the on the stock is too much, and they're always canting the rifle over, or whether it be uh, b- uh, bouncing off the trigger, not not having follow through. What is what is that? Would you you know think is the one thing that you see? Uh, in a higher percentage than maybe some other things. All of what you said, but 
the one thing that we have the most problem with is breathing. Yeah, and I, you know, I listened. I remember you. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was you were referencing. Um, exactly. I don't know if it, was it Regina. I'm trying to remember who it was, but you had mentioned that somebody. Uh, it was a it was a lady, a female that you don't think that they've ever. How did how'd you put it? You're you're talking about how uh, about about breathing, about how uh, running a bolt, inhaling and then exhaling and breaking at the bottom of the trigger about how somebody couldn't breathe or couldn't run a bolt. They weren't breathing, you know, because they were doing it right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who it was you're talking about. I'm not sure. Remember which podcast it was. I was, was your about, wife. Yeah, my wife. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember that. It's familiar now. Yeah, it was your wife. That That's yeah, really cool. Was it's like her her family comes from New York. She was born here in Texas, but her family is basically from New York, so it hadn't really been exposed to guns too much. Whenever we got married and stuff, and so going through the fundamentals of marksmanship with her and talking to her about them. But the job that she had at the time kept her on the road quite a bit. And so what she did is she got an HK USP 40, you know, a double single, mm-hmm. and she would sit there and she would <sighs> click click while she was driving for hours and hours yeah doing with the finger and so it got to where her finger wouldn't make this motion until she was at the bottom of her breathing right well hey that's a good that's that's awesome i mean it's it's foolproof at that point it's foolproof i mean she can't pull the trigger unless she's at the bottom of her breathing cycle so that's pretty good yeah and if she ever decides to shoot at you just stand still right yeah no that's not true um <laughs> You know, but honestly, just that that when you when I heard you say that it it that stuck with me mm-hmm. uh, when I like I mentioned before, I do a whole lot of dry fire mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm doing my best. And uh, like we talked about earlier as well, trying to make my breathing as and because we breathe every day and not think about it. I don't think about breathing like right now talking to you, but. Mm-hmm. I have to do so when I'm shooting, right? So I'm trying to consciously breathe in through repetition while shooting. That way I will do it unconsciously when the, when it counts. And so that that stuck with me, one thing that you said. And it, and it made me like, huh. So I, I, I catch myself and I make it a point when I'm, you know, dry firing that when I run that bolt back is my breath in. When I run that bolt forward in the motion, I'm breathing out. Finger yep. on the trigger, slow pull at the bottom of my breath, and yep. and so that I mean just that stuck with me, and I feel it has helped me. So sure. um, yeah, and and I can I can totally see where you would say that breathing is probably that the answer to the question. Well, there's a lot of things, you know. If, if you're a if you're a hunter, you know, and I always tell you know people that are you know come to the class, well, what, I just want to be a better hunter, and I said, well, do you get buck fever when you hunt? Well, yeah, I get buck fever. I say, well, if you ever stop getting buck fever, probably should stop hunting because you know that's part of it. But in order to control that buck fever, and it's just an adrenaline dump, the only way out is breathing. Absolutely. That's the only way out, and you just got to keep breathing. And it was a uh, cortisol. You know, yeah, just, just breathe. <laughs> Unless you're swimming underwater, then you better hold yeah. your breath. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, okay. This is one that's very close to me. I am a I am a gigantic accuracy international fanatic. Um, yeah. I, I am. I love it. And, and if anybody's, everybody's listening to the show knows that every episode, somehow I get to talk about AI. I, I'm, I'm an AI nut. If you can see mine, like I said earlier, it's in the uh, Accuracy Obsession chassis, a uh, competition chassis. 
Um, and I absolutely love it. I'm a I'm a big AI oh. fan. And you arguably have probably the most famous AW on the planet. I do. There's no question about it. Yeah. What is your and I don't mean necessarily, which I I guess I could phrase the question this way too. Uh, but what is your relationship to AI, either A, as the company, or B, as your rifle, your well, AIs that you have? Well, all your AIs, because I know you have more than one. Yes, yes. But I have, I mean, I got I got really no relation with the company other than, you know, they're they're good friends of mine and stuff like that. You know, we visit, you know, we see each other at SHOT Show, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk on, talk on, you know, the phone every now and then and stuff like that. But, you know, the it's an antique gun, you know, it's uh, a... <laughs> You know the serial number starts with nine seven. <laughs> <laughs> and and you the the amount I I I heard it but how, I forgot how many barrels three oh eight barrels have you had on the AW? I don't know how many three oh eight barrels, but with three oh eight combined with six five and combined with six millimeter, I'm on my twenty sixth barrel right now. Jesus, and and uh, I'm having to I got to change it because I got a a student came in and had a problem with the rifle, so I let him use my rifle, and so I'm gonna have to change the barrel out of it again you know, at the end of the week, this week. So that'll be barrel number 27. Mm. I should make a video of how I change barrels. Maybe that would be good. I, I, I love the video of you changing your barrel with the, with the <laughs> wrench and the hammer. Boy, didn't that create a shit storm? Yeah, it did. And uh, you remember the other night on Facebook, I mentioned you need to, you need to start patenting, uh, what I say, calibrated barrel headspace uh, hammers. Yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll get rich. You can retire tomorrow off of them get the right weight well i don't know i mean i, I the, the aw is the one i have which has really kind of morphed into what is essentially now the at um right. that's about it. they're super super good rifles i i mean i'm I, I like the ax i like you know the new series that they come out with but the the thing that i'm, I'm not a real big tubular handguard fan you know what i mean i kind of i mean i don't have anything against them i just i don't have anything to hang off of them you know what i mean if yeah I you don't have a requirement for it no, I don't have a requirement for it. You know, if I'm going to run night vision, I'll put a bridge on, you know what I mean? Because I don't want that extra stuff. And I know a lot of people do have a requirement for it. I wish that someone either like it may be, you know, one of those companies is listening. If I can get like a French press coffee machine that would fit to the side of it, because, you know, I got an AX, you know, I, mean? I could put it on. Yeah, there. Utilize it, right? Exactly. But I, I got a lot of, you know, I don't know. I'm more of a simple type guy. But I mean, I've had that gun. I've had that gun all over the world. You know, I've I've had it frozen in ice i've had it so muddy and dirty that i would like look at a rag in my hand and look at my rifle and say no it's water hose time you know what i, I mean? was gonna say get the hose yeah get the hose clean the whole thing out take it in the shower whatever scrub it down you know you dry out the barrel and you know you just start shooting you know and i got that gun i got an extra trigger for it because i figured the trigger would break i still got that extra trigger in a box you know what i mean and i can yeah. guarantee conservatively that gun's been dry fired well over a million times you know no question and that's a lot of dry fire yeah, my goal is to beat you my goal is to get more dry fires on my ai than you have i've got i got a long road to hoe but i'm working on it so i'm, I'm the biggest cheerleader on that man because i always promote dry fire <laughs> yeah I, I love it because look it's something you can do anytime anywhere yeah it don't cost nothing it costs nothing, doesn't cost on barrel life, doesn't cost on ammo, range time, nothing. It is and I'm I'm fortunate enough. I live on, on ten acres and I've got 
a gigantic ag field behind my house and um when corn or beans are not in the ground like right now i've got a target at 511 that i can shoot off my back deck at any time i want and i'm very fortunate to do it and i and i try to utilize as much as i can but for Make every sure an alternate position and you're doing it left shoulder yeah and and honestly and i don't do i do but i don't do it enough and i know that about myself i need to um i i was um uh, uh, talking about that in my last podcast, uh, two podcasts ago when I had uh, Sam Burns on because he is right handed, but he's mm-hmm. left eye dominant. And yep. so he shoots left handed. He learned that he shot better shooting left handed. Um, and I talked about how that whole cross hand thing uh, and, and, and we, we, we you know, mentioned how shooters just don't do it enough in practice right. because when they get to that, they get to that one stage in the match. They're like, oh, shit. Well, how about you don't have an oh shit moment and because you've practiced for it, you've trained that, you know, um, you know, I've got that barricade that's in here. I can fold it right up and take it outside on my deck and then shoot, uh, you know, alternate positions, you know, off of my deck and, and, and then not do it. And, but for every Good. one time I fire there, I fire, you know, a hundred in here. Well, so, that's about what you should have. Yeah, I, I think so, and I feel it has helped me too um, in the alternate positions. Then, if only I could replicate wind in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, come down here because it was freaking howling this afternoon on the tower. I Dude, bet. Wind got a lot of good wind school today. I bet, and and that's um and that's something and that's something you can't replicate even in live fire. Um, here in Eastern North Carolina, I talk about it all the time. You know, a windy day here is 10, 15 mile an hour. Like that's windy day. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess another thing that makes me lucky is something about where I live, my, my, where my house is, I, I have nothing blocking me at all. I'm in the middle of the ag field basically. So the wind is always greater here where if you go into town, there's, there's not even a, a leaf you know, moving, but out here, the house, it's 12 mile an hour to me to play in. But I don't know what I would do if I went there and experienced the 30 mile an hour wind. Like I, I'm like, do I even shoot? <laughs> of course you do. Of course you're right. Do. Yeah, yeah. It's just what you're supposed to. Because you need to be able to shoot in 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. That's just that's just part of the game. But you know, just practice. You know, everybody's all got their limitations where they live. You know, big tall pine trees and stuff like that block wind, and you don't get to that's practice that much. And but whenever you get a chance to go and do it, go and do it. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. That's it, all you can do is just take advantage of whatever situation you have. Yeah. I, tell you, I actually. But it was, it was several years back, we had a hurricane that was headed right towards us. And it was, it was a minimal hurricane, like a class two or something. And man, I got all excited. I went up to the tower and I tied all my shit down. I was going to get, you know, I was going to get dope for an 80 mile an hour crosswind, you know? And then it ends up going in like maybe 50 miles south of us. And the biggest wind I got was 35. I said, well, this is like a normal day. I was so normal day. Yeah, yeah, I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you have enough adjustment in your scope for eighty for uh, for eighty mile an hour. Well, I was going to learn that day, and I didn't yeah. get the opportunity. <laughs> right, you dial all you dial all the right wind, and then you hold off to where you're not even looking at the target anymore. So the I target's wanted, not in your not in your line of sight. So, and I was so bad, I was so disappointed, it almost made me cry. <laughs> did you have a three? Did you have a three oh eight? Yeah, I was shooting a three oh eight. I figured I you were. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't yeah. about to go out there with a 300 normal, were you? Ah, uh, no, nah, that would have been cheating. I wanted to, I didn't want any, I wanted to shoot at a 308, 175 grain Sierra Match King. That's what I wanted to know. Jeez, jeez, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I had mentioned in, in the, uh, in talking about tonight, uh, in the podcast last night, how 
I said, I said, it's, it's been a, a dream of mine to come and, and take your class down there. But I'm like, well, no, it's not a dream because I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, a lot of times dreams don't happen. I'm going to, and I'm thinking probably next year, I'd love to take a course with you. I am taking one with Frank. He, cause he's coming to Tennessee and that's like, that's my, one of my, I hunt in Kentucky a lot. And yeah. that's one of my favorite drives is that through the most beautiful parts of North Carolina, Mm-hmm. into the most beautiful part of Tennessee and then mm-hmm. up into the most you know, beautiful part of Kentucky. I'm mm-hmm. just going to keep going left into Tennessee to him. And so I, it's, I was like, well, yeah, he's coming here. That's a lot more feasible, but um, you know, I've made the drive from here to Texas and that was 24 hours straight when sure. I was stationed there. So, but I, I will fly and I, I want to take a class of yours because you're, it, you know, the, you've got bucket le- a bucket list matches that people want to go. What time be the Gap Grind? Whether it be uh, the the um, Sniper's Hide Cup. Um, there's bucket list training I want to do, and that's and you're at the top of the list. And I and I very much plan to do so. Well, I appreciate that, but I'm I'm really glad you're going to go see Frank too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I am too. He he's going to be because I mean I know he spent uh, a lot of time a lot of time with you, and, yeah, and he's a he's a a, a solid, solid instructor. You know what Absolutely. I mean? You're, you're going to get a lot out of it. And ask questions because he thrives on that. If you got something that's bothering you, something that you don't know, so it doesn't matter how small it is, you ask it, that motherfucker's going to answer. You know what I mean? He's going to give you options. He knows what he's doing. As an yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be him and him and Mark Taylor. They're coming to Treadproof, and I'm excited. Even even to train with Mark, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, they're, they're like the dynamic duo together and it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and just seeing them two kind of feed off each other as well. Um, it's going to be fun. And, uh, Frank is, I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge too. I'm an online training, uh, training member on Sniper's Hide. I'm, I live on Sniper's Hide a lot. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, you know, Frank, it, it was the two bucket lists were, you down to rifles only and him up in Colorado. Well, I'm going to settle for him in Tennessee and because the wind, I mean, I don't, Tennessee doesn't have a lot of wind either, but you can't replicate the wind. You have to go where the wind is and you are there. His range in Colorado is, it, it has it there. Yeah. You know, you're not going to learn to shoot it unless you shoot it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Want to learn how to shoot in the wind, grab a case of ammo and go shoot in the wind. Exactly. Yeah. And, and have a plan and, and get good instruction in the wind. I mean, that's that's the key. And that's, you know, and that's what I tell a lot of the new shooters that, hey, yeah, you can spend the money on the Gucci rifle and everything. I really go spend it more on a budget friendly rifle. Spend that money on training. Yeah. And that, that would put people miles ahead, but they don't think like that. No, they don't. They don't. Well, and yeah, I mean, I and, and that's kind of, that makes me sound hypocritical because honestly, I haven't had any formal in-person training either. You know what I'm saying? But I'm taking the opportunity now, and that's what I'm when I'm doing. The opportunity presents itself, and then like I said, I'm playing. I'm probably gonna come see you next year. It's big excited. Perfect, perfect. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, I, yep. I know Frank likes to keep his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to dinner. Okay. Uh, one more, one more question. Um, see which yeah, one sure. I want to do. What? Where do you see rifles only in ten years? Doing the same thing we're doing right now. Yeah. yeah. Like any, you want to do any, add anything? Any kind of advancements? Ah, uh, we're we're adding stuff all the time. I mean, you you come to rifles only, and it's going to change from year to year, and it really changes for every three years. You know, it's like a we've got our own excavators, we've got our own tractors, so we move stuff around yeah. and we change and stuff and we put up new berms stuff like that um you know we're we're doing we're doing work up in fort collins colorado um this time next year our new hampshire facility will be up and running 
And so, yeah, New Hampshire, they're already doing private instruction for Rifles Only New Hampshire, but uh, we should be able to be doing full-on classes up there um, by probably this time next year, maybe maybe a little later, maybe June or July. Um, so it, Rifles Only is growing, you know what I mean? We're still doing we're still doing the work that, that we want to do, you know, and um, uh, it's like, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I said, I'm, I'm going to freaking die on this range, you know what I mean? I just love it too much. It's just... Uh, it's a real charge to be able to go out and help people learn how to shoot better. Yeah, it's less work for you when you when you actually absolutely love to do what you're doing. It's no work. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, outside looking in, it looks like an ass ton of fucking work. And to you though, it's you know it's all perspective. Well, I mean, there's stuff that has to be done. You know, you you gotta you gotta maintain the range. You gotta make sure you got targets. You gotta make sure you can see the targets, which vegetation gets in the way, and you know all that kind of stuff. But it's all part of it. You know what I mean? It's all a labor of love because you know you know that. You know, when when Friday, you know, that that student comes up and shakes your hand and say, you know what, I learned more in five days here than I have in the last five years. And I'm just like, I, I want to cry. You know what I mean? It's kind of and I get it all the time, you know, and it's it's good. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're going to go out and, and work with Frank. You know what I mean? Because you need to you need I'm to excited. Every, yeah, everyone should go out and, and experience that experience some some instruction from someone who really knows what the fuck they're doing. And so that's good. And we'll see you here next year for sure. Did you have any more questions? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Or do you plan on going and visiting the New Hampshire uh, or, or actually putting on oh. any of the training yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I won't be the only one doing it. Right. Well, I know even right now you've got like like top notch, you know, trainers. there working for you. If, yeah. if you're not the one act, uh, actually given the course, I know that that you're putting those students in the hands of somebody that's e- well, you know, that you feel is equally capable. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anyway, yeah, well, that that about does it, Jacob. And uh, I hope you got everything you know out that you wanted to put out about the match, because it's going to be a, a kick ass fucking match. It's going to be yeah. uh, it's going to be something that people remember for the rest of their lives that do it. It's yeah. something that's going they're going to tell their grandkids about it. It's absolutely a once in a lifetime thing. What I would like to do <clears throat> is I would like to just be uh, completely honest. If someone has a question about assassin's way if someone wants to do it they're a little nervous they want to talk about it you know they want because i mean i could i could put you at ease on this match i'm not trying to kill you on this match but i want to i want to give out my personal cell phone sure so question they can call it's 361-522-4165 so if they'll write that down and i'll say it again maybe they're reaching for a pen or something like that 361-522 Four one six five. My email address is Jacob at riflesonly.com. So you can text me, you can call me, you can email me. If it's something that you exciting, you want to do it, but you're just clearly not sure, you might need a little bit of help with, you know, target detection or something. We're going to be doing clinics all throughout the year to help people get ready for it. And this is going to be, um, it's going to be epic, absolutely epic. To say the least. It's a, it's a once in a lifetime thing. The only thing that I'm pissed off about, about Assassin's Way, is that I came up with it. That, that you can't shoot it. Exactly. I would have <laughs> somebody came up with it. Yeah, not, absolutely. If you're worried about the fairness on it, I'm not the match director for Assassin's Way. I am a wedding planner. I'm bringing in an old Australian friend to be the match director. Awesome. Because, you know, uh, the, the buck stops with the match director. And I don't want I don't want there to be any appearance of favoritism at all. You know what I mean? I've told him, I said, you can consult with the cadre. 
about any item that comes up. I said, but the buck stops with you. And I don't want you to know any of the people that are doing it. We're trying to make this something that whenever you're at the end, if you finish 45th, you say, I finished 45th because I finished 45th. Not because yeah, I got you earned 45th. You earned 45th. And the thing about it is just showing up that 45th, that's a hell of that's an, an achievement. It's an that's achievement. All of an accomplishment. Exactly right. But you got my note, my phone number. Uh, you guys got my email address. Anything I can do to help y'all, let me know. Yeah, you heard it from the man himself. He, I mean, that he, he's sticking out the hand of the the olive branch for anybody who 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 needs any type of advice on getting this done. I mean, you can look at this. I'm speaking to the listeners. You can look at this. Uh, what he's talking about, if you have a land nav problem or a target uh, estimating uh, range estimation, these classes are an investment in your investment. You're, if you're if you're thinking about doing it, your twenty five thousand is the investment. This is an investment in your investment. So you you know make most of the, your buy in, make most of your entry fee by taking these classes. Even if you feel as though you're pretty squared away on it, go get brushed up on it. Go take these classes from from Jacob, from Kalen, from Frank, all these guys from Phil, all of these guys. They can all help you, and, and it will make your money go further. Exactly. So, anyway, Jacob, again, I dude, I really appreciate it. It was an honor to have you on. I hope that yeah, you'll be on come again. On again. Yeah, if, I would love. Yeah, and I'd love to come back. I'd love to come back and, and talk about Assassin's Way and the progress we're making on it or any kind of training topic. Maybe we can pick out one thing and just really – Wrap dive into it, you know, moving targets, when something like that. I don't care, man. I I'm honored to be on here. I appreciate you asking me to be on, and uh, thank you again. You have a permanent reservation on the Just F and Send It podcast. Just so you know, you can call me, Dave. I want to come on tonight. I'm dropping my shit. We're recording that night. So that much appreciate. Yeah. So hold on, just hang on tight. I'm gonna hang. uh, Stop recording, and we'll we'll talk real quick, briefly. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. Where is the stop recording? There it is.